Welcome to the Inside Aesthetics Podcast. Our mission is to strip away the myths and hype that often surround the aesthetics industry. Inside Aesthetics aims to get to the bottom of the important topics that concern medical and allied health professionals, as well as the consumers themselves. We'll be showcasing the thoughts and experiences of experts in their respective fields. Each podcast will focus on a specialty, including surgery, non-surgical procedures, nutrition, well-being, and business knowledge from the personalities that have helped shape our industry. This podcast and its related publications provide news and general educational information about cosmetic procedures and well-being. It does not promote or endorse any cosmetic procedure, brand, or product. You should seek professional medical assessment before considering any treatment. In today's episode, we welcome Harry Arampatsis, a French scientist whose research focused on cutaneous pharmacology. With this background, Harry founded and became the CEO of Universkin. Universkin is a novel skincare product that is actually customizable, uniquely tailored for patients' specific concerns and is made in clinic. Good uh, morning, Harry. Good morning. I'm going to get your name right, Arampatsis. <laughs> yes, sounds Greek to you. <laughs> it is. So you're French Greek, you're a freak. <laughs> Sorry, I'm well, definitely freak. <laughs> yes. Now, uh, tell us why you've been in Australia, Harry. Actually, uh, uh, we're in Australia to participate in the NSS Congress. Yes. And this time we have uh, uh, majestic meetings with doctors and uh, players of aesthetics. So. Excellent. So you met a lot of different people at the conference this weekend? Yes. Including yes. myself. A lot. Excellent. Exactly. How did you find the conference? Was it um, was it eye-opening or you've been to you've been here before for these type of conferences? Uh, no, it's first time. Um, I think the level is very good. Uh, it's uh, unbelievable the, the dynamics uh, of the market yeah. uh, in Australia. Uh, you know, in Europe, aesthetic is... Um, we have still a very little percentage of people doing aesthetics. And my feeling is in Australia is uh, people are more, more familiar, maybe it's related with the UV damages, with uh, all the skin problems. Uh, but um, the aesthetic market is very dynamic here. I think people, they are aware of, uh, of, uh, of uh, what aesthetic medicine can do today and uh, is widely accessible. Yeah. yeah, I agree. One of the um, interesting comments that seems to um, come up time and time again with many of our guests, especially uh, like surgeons that have trained in Europe during during their training and education is coming back to Australia and seeing how progressive the community of people uh, here are in terms of being willing to try new things, um, really be involved and, and sort of push forward. And so it's interesting they come back and say, well, Australia's actually, as you said, like a melting pot of lots of different personalities and people just really want to get involved and try new things. Do you Have you seen that, like, that difference between, like, I guess, the European and the Australian market or do you feel it's quite similar? Um, no, nothing to do. Actually, the, what is great, first of all, um, here is that we have a, a melting pot of different ethnicities, yeah. which makes uh, the whole approach even more interesting because uh, we believe in a personalized approach yeah. and we're inspired by having uh, different skin types, different faces, different phototypes. Yeah. Uh, and at the same time, look at, uh, <clears throat> at uh, the accelerated aging due to the, the sun damages mm -hmm. in uh, different backgrounds, different ethnic backgrounds. So actually, uh, here is like conducting a multi-seller study, but you need uh, at least 30 countries in, in one city. <laughs> yeah. I don't know whether anyone actually thought through the aging process when they sent out a whole heap of people on a boat from England to one <laughs> of the hottest the places place on Earth. <laughs> well, not, not, not a good move for aging well. But now, as you said, we've got so many ethnicities, you've got everyone's mixing together. So you've got, and it can sometimes make it quite challenging, I guess, as well. I know from like a laser um from a laser perspective, when you're treating patients, perhaps have like Asian Asian genetics in them, but they might not present very dark. But you have to you have to be quite careful because you, sometimes you, things can be unpredictable. Yeah, things can be tricky, and um, for example, uh, even on the ejections, for example, I mean um, cosmetic injections. Yes, mean? cosmetic injections. Yes. Um, I mean, f for us, we, we're working with the skin. Uh, we're making topicals, yep. uh, we're manufacturing topicals, but we have a global knowledge because um, founders of our team we are plastic surgeons, uh, cosmetic derms, uh, clinical derms. So actually, um, 
what is interesting is to see so many different faces or different uh, uh, ways of aging. And uh, I think people here they must uh, they must have a great experience uh, in anything, not just injections, not just laser, not just uh, uh, pigmentation or, or UV damages. It's, uh, it's definitely a market you need to have a, a, a personalized approach. Mm. And being good uh, of treating... Uh, of uh, having a very good assessment, yep. taking into consideration ethnic background. When my feeling is that uh, uh, different ethnicities following the doctor of the same ethnicity because maybe they trust more that he knows how to treat them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but at the same time, you have to be able to to understand uh, many different uh, faces and the way they age and make mm-hmm. a, a good assessment in order to um, to be on the safe side of, uh, of aesthetics, of medical aesthetics. Yeah, 100%. Now, Harry, can you just tell us about your own background and how you ended up with Universkin? First of all, uh, uh, I'm not a medical doctor, I'm a scientist. Uh, so I have a pharmacy diploma with a PhD, uh, focused on cutaneous pharmacology. Okay. And a Master of Science in, uh, in um, Pharmaceutical Formulation from France. Sure. And so... Your focus, even back when you were studying, was skin? Uh, yes, yes, since the beginning. Why were you drawn to that particularly? Uh, first of all, uh, uh, it was uh, my personal interest because uh, uh, I was seeing people using uh, creams uh, for the moment they were born, the moment they died. And I think it was, it was something that uh, a product that was widely accessible, but very few people were able to understand how it works, if it's good, if it works, if it's... So, uh, you know, uh, when you see things that are widely accessible, and finally very few people understand what's behind, mm. uh, it stimulates your interest to know more. And then about my PhD was not really uh, a choice because when you make a PhD, you have to find something that's really innovative. So actually you have very narrow uh, margins uh, in order to choose your PhD, but still it was again a skin, yes. Yeah, okay. Skincare seems it's such a saturated market. There's so many products out there. You can walk into a high-end department store and purchase a product for hundreds and hundreds of dollars. You can walk into a supermarket and pick something up for $10 um, and everything in between. Why do you think it's such a, a saturated market and, and what do you think the challenge is for people understanding what, what's right for them? Is it, and is it always that the most expensive product is the best? Because that's, I guess, what we're... As consumers, we're sort of led to believe that price is an indication of quality. And mm. Well, that's an interesting question. Uh, many interesting questions, not yeah, just sorry. one. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, first of all, I think it's, a, it's, a, it's a, not a saturated market. Right. Uh, because uh, everybody's uh, over-creamed, uh, but also under-treated. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, first of all, uh, there is a, a huge number of users, I think, uh, there are more than uh, every every human being using cosmetics and since the uh, uh, the first time that uh, since the beginning of a human the homo sapiens history even before uh, people use uh, cosmetics to look better mm. so um the entry is uh, is uh, to manufacture a product is very easy so actually uh, you don't need a big budget like uh, uh, getting a pharma registration or a therapeutic registration to enter this market. So actually very sensitive development entries is, is very low. Uh, and therefore what makes the difference of products is just marketing. So uh, uh, the people that have big marketing budget, they are the leaders. So maybe the market is saturated, but don't forget that four companies keeping 60% of market shares, six zero. Sorry, say, say that say that again. Sorry, four companies are keeping oh, four companies. companies having sixty percent of the worldwide markets. Really, sixty. So they own multiple brands, yes, or they just course. so. I mean, when you look, for example, the worldwide leader, I think L'Oreal has more than uh, maybe I would say something stupid. I'm not uh, really uh, update on my information, but I think they have more than uh, five hundred brands. Really, wow. Yes. So actually, the. The, the way it works is that you have the leaders and every time there is uh, a niche market, something that really works or a potential threat is uh, they acquire this company, we add to the portfolio. Yeah, right. Okay. I've got a weird question for you. I've noticed, like ever since I was a young boy and my mum would buy a skincare cream and seeing, it seems that people sniff, smell the product. And, <laughs> and they feel it. They feel, they smell and they feel and that team seems to be... Um, some kind of indication as to whether that's good or not. Is there any 
correlation between the smell and the feel and how good the product's going to work? And why is that so? Not really, but uh, if you make it topicals or cosmetics, uh, it's very important the compliance to the treatment. So, of course, a product that smells good and feels good, you, right. you want to apply it. There is always a, a sensorial part of, uh, of, uh, of using topicals. I mean, it's something that... Uh, that's your skin is not like a capsule that uh, you swallow. If you look at food supplements, yep. even if you have a fancy marketing and the end of the story, it's not very sexy to sell something that finally you have very little interaction with the product, you just swallow it. Right. Or uh, a topical is a, is a full sensorial experience. So whatever it is a topical, uh, has to be of course efficient, has to have clinical evidence, has to have uh, the, the right actives on the right form, the right concentrations, the right vehicle, but still texture and smell is key. If yep. you want to keep compliance to the treatment, right? Mm. So it's almost, almost mark some kind. It's almost a form of marketing, a little bit. It should not be the major part. Unfortunately, yeah. that's the case today, and uh, because um, you know, skincare is a is a very industrial product. Yeah. So uh, you know, uh, even in the most expensive brands, uh, what you see, the duty free. In thousand Australia dollars, uh, the jar La Mer, of, La Mer or something, or you mentioned it, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, like Creme de la Mer or like you know, the top brands, yeah, the caviar one, or yeah, um, people and the theatralization of a point of sales is key, yeah, uh, people that will never see uh, the product manufacturer in a factory in Poland. Uh, having uh, little people, very bad paid, uh, just screwing the jars manually, putting uh, 100 uh, creams in a carton box and then put everything on a pallet. It's this not is a hiding part. It's, reality, I guess, it's, yeah. it's quite key when it's about the product. But finally, the way the product is manufactured, the way it's, uh, it's formulated, there's it's, it's nothing sexy in it. Everything is about the marketing and how the co it's the passion experience. We say in aesthetics, it's a consumer experience in cosmetics. So, Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, now, I think you sort of touched on the word cosmetic. Can you just explain, because I know there's um, some strict advertising laws in various countries, including Australia. What is a cosmetic versus a therapeutic mm -hmm. versus a cosmeceutical? Okay. Uh, cosmeceutical doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Okay. It's, uh, if we're uh, talking from a regulatory point of view, uh, cosmeceutical doesn't exist. There are cosmetics, there are therapeutics. Cosmeceuticals is just a, a marketing category uh, that has no clear definition about using, let's say, actives in high concentrations or whatever. Mm -hmm. But uh, for a moment that you don't have any, let's say, uh, uh, category uh, from uh, the regulatory bodies, uh, we cannot really say that cosmeceutical exists. Mm -hmm. So where did the word come from? Is it just been? Uh, just... Actually, the term cosmeceuticals was uh, is a brand that was uh, ah, uh, registered yes. by Kligman. <laughs> yeah, right. It's a doctor, dermatologist, I think. <clears throat> I'm not sure, but uh, I know his name is Klingman. Uh, and actually, the idea was to have uh, cosmetics that works like pharmaceuticals. So. Uh, the whole idea is to make it something uh, very, 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 uh, to look very efficient without having the, all the difficulties of uh, registering it as a therapeutic. So. Okay. So, so it, it, gives, it gives the image of something more effective, more medical, yeah. uh, but finally it's a cosmetic. Yeah. So we're getting back to that. Like, it's a marketing, a marketing tool. You know, right? the, the, the cosmetic, if you take out uh, the marketing, uh, I think finally uh, there will be it will be impossible to differentiate a product. Impossible. So if you take out uh, the the boxes, the positioning, uh, uh, Creme de la Mer is the I don't know the, the engineer from NASA that burned himself and he has to find the discovery. How many times I listen to stories like. Uh, uh, when I was a little boy, I have uh, acne rosacea, and finally I make all my studies just to cure myself or top models or whatever. I mean, there is a lot of marketing. If you take all the marketing out, it will be almost impossible to differentiate one product from another. Therefore, finally, everybody uses the same things. Everybody uses the same actives. Everybody has more or less the same packaging, and uh, it's only the marketing that will differentiate the product. Okay, so the Universkin brand is that a therapeutic? 
the products are registered from TGA and FDA as uh, co-bound therapeutics for dermatology. Okay, fine. We'll, we'll come on to what it is later, but what is an active product? An active product is a product that uh, penetrates to the skin and, uh, and has uh, an impact uh, on, on the functioning of uh, the epidermis of the dermis, not the superficial layers, but the epidermis to the dermis. Right. Okay, so, so it's acting physiologically rather than a cosmetic, which is just hiding something. Actually, a cosmetic, uh, according to the regulation of the definition, is something that uh, should not act. <laughs> sure. So okay, it can't so, do anything, basically. Yes, just moisturize, that's it. Right. And so the things that we find on the shelf in the shops that don't need a prescription, by and large, are they cosmetics? Yes. Okay, and that's the real differentiation between what I thought was a cosmeceutical, but it's actually a therapeutic. No, but, uh, you know, topical works, uh, cosmetic works, uh, if you have a, a cream registered as a cosmetic uh, with an active and the right form and a good concentration with a good galenic, it works. Only they don't have the right to say it. <laughs> right, okay. I see. Interesting. When you're talking about moisturizers, I've always wondered... Is there benefit to external moisturizing or are we better off just drinking lots of water? Of course there is a benefit because uh, the skin barrier is the most important. If you have a good quality of skin, I mean, we have to stay very basic. Uh, Having a good skin barrier is have a good quality of skin. So, of course, by applying a cream, if it is a good product, if it is well formulated, you're restoring the skin barrier. Right. What about uh, internal hydration, like drinking enough water? Does that have a, a lot of impact or is it? It has, of course it has yeah. an impact. And of course we need uh, to uh, to work uh, on the skin from inside and from outside. Right. Um, the only problem is that um, when we are eating, the last organ tissue that gets nourished is the skin. Right. So actually there is very little uh, bioavailability, bioavailability of what we get uh, peros orally, uh, but going to the skin. For example, vitamin C, uh, it's, I think the availability is 0.000, I think the 701% of what's going to the skin. Same thing with hyaluronic acid. Most of the nutrition, this is the case. So the skin is the last organ to get nourished. Hmm. Sometimes to nourish the skin, you have to go through the skin. Right. Okay, fair enough. Now, sorry, we'll just go back to active ingredients. So can you give us some examples of the common ones, particularly what you might use in, in the Universkin brand? Yes, I mean, there is a... Uh, about 25, 30 active ingredients that um, has uh, uh, enough clinical evidence that uh, really works. If we go, for example, to dermis inhalers, we have uh, retinol that has substantial clinical evidence. We have vitamin C. Uh, you have uh, some uh, botanical extracts like some Della Asiatica that really works. Uh, when we go to the pigmentations, we have active like hydroquinone, which is therapeutic, but also arbutin and kojic, which is considered like therapeutics in TGA, mm. uh, but have a really strong evidence in uh, inhibit the melanin creation, so what we call it the tyrosine as inhibitors. When we're talking to antioxidants, ferulic acid, uh, superoxidis mutas, uh, uh, resveratrol have strong clinical evidence to be very good antioxidants. So actually, uh, yes, uh, panthenol to restore the skin barrier, aloe vera also against the botanical, but it has very strong clinical evidence. Um, so um, uh, alpha hydroxy acid, uh, like glycolic acid or phytic acid, or uh, beta hydroxy acid like salicylic, urea, all this is uh, those actives that is used in dermatology, but also in cosmetic, depending yeah. on the regulation of the concentration you are using, but they have uh, uh, really clinical evidence on it. Okay. So the Universkin brand, as I understand it, but you can explain it better, has sort of looked at those, I think you use 19, but there's, you know, there's about 25, 30 active ingredients available that are clinically proven to, to manipulate whether it's pigmentation, hydration, whatever, and you're using those strategically, you know, once a skin has been diagnosed to to, to compound a cream make the, for yes, that. To make the ideal formula. Actually, uh, we believe that every skin has its own formula, and even every skin within uh, the age and the seasons has, has, should have a different formula. Uh, this is what we do in Universe Skin. And, uh, you know, in the end of the story, uh, all cosmetics using 
was 24 or 30 active ingredients because we want the products to work minimally. Yes. At least. And then we put the marketing ingredient we want to to make the whole story. This is very easy to see uh, if you really find a way. Uh, it's a little bit like a matrix film. Uh, the skincare market today is a matrix. <laughs> the mm. matrix is keeping us. So if you take out, uh, you know, the, the the whole thing and you're able to see the the numbers like the matrix in the end is able to do, uh, like a uh, new thing, you know, yeah, 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 it's able to do. So in the end of the story, you understand what is the skincare market. Everybody using the same active, and then create a marketing story around the the actives coming from caviar or the actives coming from diamonds or the gold or whatever. <coughs> to differentiate the product, when it's coming the packaging, yeah. it's coming the, the bottle, the texture, the perfume, and, and, and the star you will find to represent your product. Well, I think that's really interesting because, you know, as an aesthetic doctor, I've lost count of how many times a client will say, hey, what what skin product should I buy? What, what, what's the magic one for my eyes or, or whatever their concern is? And I always say to them, I think you're thinking about this the wrong way. There is no magic. We need to diagnose your skin, take a history, work out your complaints, and then work out what product it is that you need. Everyone's different. You can't just go to shop and pick, pick something off the shelf and expect it to work because it, it might not be the one for you. So I, I, I love the the way that you have sort of looked at this and thought, well, we'll go backwards. We'll, we'll create a product bespoke for whatever that concern is, but r rather than just sell them a bottle. You know, Universe Skin is almost uh, a 20 years, uh, uh, first of all, knowledge of, of the skincare market. Uh, we're working, uh, uh, we have created Universe Skin back in 2006. Actually, we are not a very young company. And uh, our first products out of our research development reached the market in 2016. So it took us a, a little bit of time before before we develop our products, but um, we have very strong clinical background. Uh, all the founders of the team, they are either plastic surgeons, either clinical dermatologists, cosmetic dermatologists. We have uh, maybe one of the best biologists worldwide, which is also Nobel Prize laureate. Nobel Prize laureate. We wow. have a very good chemist. So actually, um, you know, when you have a, um, this kind of background and uh, you have to, the products that you will develop has to represent more or less uh, uh, what you believe in and the way you treat the patient. So uh, this is what we have tried to, to do. We have to try to make something that brings medical logic because I think that consumers are confused. Uh, so they're, they're going to the aesthetic doctor or to the cosmetic dermatologist to the plastic surgeon and ask them after any kind of fact, what cream doctor? because they consider that they know better than them. And finally, doctors, we are also confused yeah. uh, about this. Of course, they might not be active, but um, as we are trained by the industry, we are completely confused about uh, what is the right product, how to make a correct assessment. Yes, they know it. From the, going from the physiopathology to the pharmacology, which if we can compare it uh, with a cosmetic drug, nobody knows it. I mean, everybody go from a, a physiopathology to a brand. Yes. Uh, considering that uh, the brand of cosmetics will give him the right indication for the right products. But uh, it cannot be like this because there is no regulation in cosmetics. I mean, you prescribe a drug, you're a doctor, so you know, but you make an antibiotic, you know how much there is inside, how it works, uh, what is the biodisponibility. And the company that brings this product that should be prescribed by you has an obligation of truth. So there is not such an obligation in skincare. Yeah. So actually, even if you make a right skin assessment, you have to think a brand. You cannot think uh, a formula or a molecule in a concentration to deliver it. Yes. Mm. Yeah. So can you um, talk us through how the diagnosis process happens or how, so if someone comes in and wants to look at a universe skin product, how do you diagnose them? How does that, how does that work? Um, we don't use any fancy device. Okay. We think that uh, uh, the eye and the ears are enough. Right. Because the, the good thing about uh, the skin, you can see it, you can touch it, you can feel it. Uh, uh, maybe you do the wood light to see if uh, pigmentation is superficial or, uh, or uh, things happen deeper, uh, the deeper layers of the skin, of the dermis. Uh, and it's just enough to ask a patient. I mean, uh, you don't need a fancy device to know a dry skin or uh, an oily skin. So um, 
the most difficult is not to make a right assessment. Mm -hmm. The most difficult is to find the right formula. Yeah. <laughs> and the right product for the right person. So actually, uh, for, to give you an example, uh, you will see a patient with uh, pimples and wrinkles. So you will see the pimples, you can see if there's a pustula, if there's an nodule, uh, you can see if a patient after making a pimple make post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. Then if it's a female, you will ask uh, uh, if it is uh, during the menstruation, how many pimples. Uh, this is the way that dermatology works, actually. Everything works with a questionnaire, clinical analysis. Mm. Even the most difficult disease like uh, psoriasis, there is a PAS index. Uh, so uh, this is the way dermatology works accurately. Yeah. And, and I'm talking about, I'm talking mainly about aesthetic dermatology. I'm talking about melanoma or, or or this kind of disease, which is mainly the clinical dermatology where you need biopsy, you need many other things to do. Of course, for a pimples, you need to check the hormones, you need to check, uh, but oh, oh, I think that uh, a general practitioner that is uh, correctly trained, he knows very well how to make a right assessment. Yeah. I'll tell you one simple tool that I have come across that I have found helpful for myself as well as the clients is the Vizia facial analysis. Have you come across that? The, the Vizia is good. Uh, of course, can help you more uh, to develop the patient experience and standardize the results. Correct. Rather to make a diagnostic. Yeah, I, I agree. So it, it's going to break down around eight um, skin characteristics, whether it's pigmentation, fine lines, etc. But what it does is it gives you a snapshot of before, and also gives the client. It, it might be arbitrary, but it gives them a, a standardized skin age. Exactly. And then, you know, eight weeks down the line, once you've started the treatment process, you can get a real uh, objective rather than subjective comparison of, has it worked? Is your pigmentation better? Is your skin age younger? And if it is, then the client is much more likely to say, okay, it's working. And, and it brings them on board. You know, every time we, we, we speak with our doctor partners around the world, we always say, take a photo because... Um, when it's about the fillers and the toxin, even worse, sometimes patients coming back say, I'm not happy with the result. Yeah. And if you have a photo, you are able to see the improvement. When it's about the topicals, it's sometimes even more difficult because yes. uh, uh, the, the evolution sometimes takes two months, three months, and people will get used. Of course. Uh, so when you have a photo, I can show you before, after, which was tremendously good with an iPhone photo, not even with Vizia, or the patient was back to the practitioner uh, saying, I'm not happy. Mm. Uh, so f the photo, whatever it is, is key. If you have a Vizia, of course, if you have a standardized device, is even better. Uh, but photo is key, yes. Photos can be difficult as well because sometimes the improvements are subtle or they're not picked up on a camera just the way it feels. Or the, I've noticed that with some treatments, it doesn't actually capture the improvement in a photo. Mm, well... Wrinkles, yes, you can capture yeah, it. Course, uh, yeah. Skin cold, you can capture it. Pigmentation, you can capture it. Pebbles, you can yeah. capture it. Sometimes we cannot capture it with the hydration yeah. yes. uh, of the oiliness. This is difficult to capture yeah. with, uh, with a photo. Or even sometimes the way it feels, just like how firm it feels yes, or how exactly. dewy. Yeah. No, the, the skin thickness uh, is also difficult to capture. Yeah. Uh, it's always the same. A patient with a good skin quality is more difficult to capture. A patient with a, ba a bad skin quality... Yes, the, the results might be much more impressive. I yeah. fully agree. Yeah. Now, this is such a broad question, but I, I don't know if you can answer this. How do you go about creating a new product? I mean, what, what's going on in the background? Um, how many were in the team originally and you know, how did it evolve? Yes, actually, we have about um, uh, 10 scientists working... Uh, uh, on evaluating new products, new technologies. Uh, then we have uh, two dermatologists that we evaluating the products mm -hmm. before uh, launch. Uh, so actually we're testing and, in our clinical center. And uh, so it's, it's a team, if we take the whole part of the university, it's about 30 persons. Okay. And do you mind me asking, did it develop as a result of your PhD or was it nothing to do with that? Uh, let's say, uh, of course, when you spend many years uh, studying specific problematics, but also my experience in the industry uh, helps a lot. Yes. Uh, first of all, it helps a lot to find what is scientific accurate, what is not accurate, and then to how to industrialize it also. Yeah, yeah. So working with other companies, you saw you saw the gaps in the market and where things could be done better. 
Yes, because uh, first of all, um, skincare has the same codes everywhere, as I'm saying. Everybody using the same actives, <coughs> uh, then putting the marketing active, yeah. uh, then putting the box, the packaging, whatever, to make a product, I mean, it's a marketing. Yeah. We, we, we say that we have nothing new to bring of this. And uh, for us, we believe that uh, the doctor has a key role uh, on the skin, especially in aesthetic medicine. S treating the skin is key. Yeah. Uh, so uh, our idea is to go back to basics, back to basics, even go back to Hippocrates, where the, the, the product was, the healing actually was the interaction between the patient and the doctor. Even today in chemotherapy, you see that there are studies showing that um, if a patient is really trusting the doctor, the healing ratio is, is better. Yeah. So finally, uh, the relation between the doctor and the patient is key. Yeah. yeah, and uh, we believe that uh, the skincare uh, sales generated by the doctors are huge enough to attract our interest. Uh, and when I'm talking about uh, skincare sales generated by doctors, not only the product they are dispensed. This is a confidential market, and each market is a cosmetic industry today. But when I see the product prescribed by doctors, for example, La Roche Posay, it's a, almost a two billion. A Euro brand, mm. uh, and more than ninety-five percent of the first purchase of Lavos Posé is generated by doctors' prescription. Really? Uh, wow! So, uh, and if you take all the all those brands, but the first purchase was generated by doctor prescription, the whole market represents more than uh, five billion, and it's all the added value skincare actually. Mm. So, uh, when you t look at the doctor dispense market versus the very really doctor generated skincare uh, doctors today they don't even have a i think an, not even five percent of this market mm. so the market is big enough only you have to think uh, to see things differently because one moment or another everybody goes to the doctor to see what's cream do. yeah so if at this moment you are able to to have a product that is uh, make you feel like uh, you know what you're doing you know how to guide your patient uh, then the market could be quite amazing. I mean, so as a consumer, if I wanted to get hold of the product, can you just take us through like uh, where, where where can we get hold of the product? So where do we find a, a doctor that's um, distributing and, and selling the product? And then how do I, what's the process? Like I go in, do a diagnosis. Can you just take us through okay, how that of works? Course. First of all, um, Every doctor has universities products go through a specific training uh -huh. about uh, how to use this, also about the safety uh, of a product. Uh, it's therapeutics, it's a tool. It's not just a product you dispense, uh, uh, you take over self and you give it to your, to your patient when he asks you what's cream doctor. It's a product that is part of, a, of the tools. So you have uh, fillers and toxins, you have lasers, you have many ways to treat the skin. Universkin is part of the therapeutic tools that uh, an aesthetic doctor can use to treat the skin. So uh, all our doctors are trained, are registered. You can find them in universkin.com. So it's just enough to put the city you are. And today we have around 1,000 doctors from 38 different countries. Mm. Uh, uh, and uh, then the, the patient can take contact with a doctor and make a consultation uh, uh, about Universkin. Okay. So, so I go in, I have the diagnosis, the, the product's made up on the spot? Is yes, it? on the spot. Okay. Actually, we deliver each practice with a mini factory. Right. It's uh, very cool to please go into it more. But the, the analogy I liked, I think you use this, was it's a little bit like the Nespresso little capsules. And they all get poured into a mixer. And You know, Universkin is a, well, it's, it's actually compoundary born. We try to take the best from the past and put all the technologies that were available today to combine them to, to bring again compound in the future. So instead of having a very complicated uh, mixer creams, put the actives, uh, uh, have a mixer, uh, uh, it works very easily. It's like having a, an espresso machine. <laughs> you put your capsule in a basis, but the basis is much more than just a carrier. Uh, you degrade your actives as pure molecule. So actually the actives is you don't mix in creams. You have a, a capsule with a powder, which is pure molecule. I mean, uh, vitamin C is pure elascorbic acid. Arbutin is 100% arbutin. is a molecule. Yes. But you degrade in a powder form, in a liquid. You shake and you can, uh, it's like a 3D printer. Actually, you can make your ideal formula in less than one minute. 
and in spot uh, because we we know that there is two things is what the doctors see and what the patient see so for the patient perspective we put all the marketing techniques that any big marketing uh, uh, cosmetic company is using we took the same codes so what the consumer see extreme personalization he see luxury he see bespoke um, the consumer see a product just made from you and in fully transparency so which means it's not something has happened behind the, uh, the counter mm. it's in front of you I'm cooking for you and I make a product just for you I said what I put inside how much I put inside which form what for so the idea is a full transparency process because uh, we see that the higher patient loyalty in aesthetics is when the patient is well informed yes. we see patients are leaving a doctor not because the results are not good or be- because the relation with the doctor was not good enough or the doctor didn't explain enough what we're doing yeah I have to say I know it's a marketing but it's actually an amazingly beautiful product so when you see you know the wall of the different colors it's actually very simply explained the different colors are different active and then you just make it up in front of them as you said it's like almost like a, well, a chef making your meal it's, it's an, an experience, experience. Yeah, yeah of course but it, but it also brings them on board to why you're doing it and what you're doing. If I just sold someone a random cream from the shelf, they might not believe it, they might not understand it. But uh, yeah, I think it's pretty cool. So I used to visit Derms to, to promote uh, the products uh, that normally I should be a, a marketer after. And it's, uh, it's, it's one image that really uh, uh, was printed on my brain in a very strong way to see uh, uh, all persons 80 years old, they're doing in a practice, uh, seeing uh, to see the derm and still have uh, in the wallet uh, the prescription of a compound cream that the derm of uh, down to the one was 30 years old, having this uh, folded. So actually, the 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 kind of uh, link you can create with your patient is is, is very very unique. Uh, and uh, this is the best marketing you can ever imagine. So, uh, no style, no perfume, no boxes. I do something about you because I care and because you're my patient and I want to do something just for you. Mm. And just to be clear for people who are listening who maybe have not seen this, so um, you've got multiple colored boxes, which are your actives. Depending on what you need, they go into, you said the carrier. So it's like a base product that um, creates the, the carrier, bulk of yes, the cream. The carrier actually looks like a serum. Yes. It's boxed like a serum, like yep. a very luxury serum. Mm-hmm. And then the actives are in a capsule. Uh, you just uh, screw the, the capsule in the bottle, you press, and the powder is delivering inside the serum basis. So what is this serum made from? What is it? Um, actually, um, you know, when we started university back in 2006, uh, our main concern is to find anti-inflammatory technologies uh, for the skin without using corticoids. Mm. Uh, so um, we have developed uh, a patented technology which is using mainly omega-3 and uh, two forms of omega-3 with the highest anti-inflammatory effect, EPA, DHA. Mm. So the serum carrier works on the inflammation yeah. uh, because inflammation is a, is a key concern of the skin. Uh, you know, um, when we look uh, inside the, the, the understanding of aging, there are many theories. So there are many factors and many theories. But actually, aging is, is multifactorial. It might be hormones, might be genetic like telomeres, might be mitochondrial DNA, uh, environmental factors, lifestyle, whatever. Uh, so whatever is the factor, this, uh, uh, let's say, uh, multipath way uh, destination is always the same as inflammation. So aging is nothing else than a chronic inflammation. Yes. It's the same thing for the skin. So actually, the basis, the way we see it, should be anti-inflammatory. So you have a basis that is very functional, is the yin, and then you have the active that is very pharmacological, is the yang. Yeah. So, so that was the way we conceived the, the modern uh, way of compounding, not only on the packaging or the way you deliver it, how fast you can do it, but also on, on the way that the products will be perceived. So, uh, uh, you know, also hyaluronic ejections, the good thing of hyaluronic acid and the success of uh, hyaluronic acid dermophilus is that the product by itself is functional. Mm. 
I think a lot of people don't realize that they, they just see it as a structural shaping of the face, but there's hydration and uh, building of more collagen and potentially even elastin. Mm-hmm. No, hyaluronic acid is functional. It's functional. It's an action by itself. It's an antioxidant. So, uh, and it's very safe. This is the reason that uh, it's uh, dermophilus are so successful. Mm. Do you have um, different formulations for the face and the body, or it's the same? Uh, First of all, the skin of the face is not the same like the skin of the body. It depends on the part of the body. But um, uh, so for v- some parts of the body, you need to use higher concentrations. If you'll be able to deliver in the end of your target tissue, the concentration you want. Uh, but uh, in dermatology, and we are a dermatology company above all, we don't think about face or bodies. What is the surface of the skin I have to treat? Mm. So actually the... The technologies are the same, uh, only the concentrations might vary. Right. It depends on the surface of the skin you want to treat. For the moment, we don't have a body range. We have only a face because uh, uh, our uh, bottles of uh, are either 15, either 30 ml. So it's not enough to treat a surface that is more important than the face, mm. uh, the neck, yes. the decolleté of the hands. Yeah. And how long does the pro- what's the shelf life of the product? Does it last a long time? Or once you mix it, yes, is uh, eight weeks. Okay. Then when you have it separate, uh, the actives is in a powder form, in a blister, in a vacuum. So it actually, even the packaging is tropicalized, so it's three years. So if you want to stock it, it can be on your shelf for three years. Yes. Then when you mix it, then the shelf life is uh, is eight weeks. W- would I be right in saying that's actually a bit longer than some of the other? products on the market normally they're around a year or two they you know the the biggest problem in um in 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 making topicals uh is that uh, most of the creams is water-based uh systems so Mm. a cream uh, can contain from 40 up to 95 percent of water and when you want to put some actives in a water-based system it's a very unstable system okay so you need to put a huge amount of preservatives or uh, stabilize your formula. And at the same time, you cannot put a high content of actives or you cannot combine certain actives. Mm. So, uh, because cosmetic is a very industrial product. I mean, a cosmetic should have three years of self-life. If not, nobody's launched it. So if your combination of a concentration of your active is not stable, you will not bring it to the market. Yeah. The product cannot have a, an economical interest. Yeah. The idea of Uniriskin is to bring the factory next to the patient. Yeah. So, so likewise, the physician is in haste by using the active he wants, the concentration he wants, and to combine actives, they're not, they're not available commercially. So you have to give two or three creams, two or three creams to give the active you want. Yes. Because exactly, those actives are not compatible. Yeah, yeah. And I understand one of the key uh selling points if you like of universe skin is that you've got so many combinations of these 19 actives yes i I think once you take into account the different concentrations you can use it was something like over a million combinations 800 million 800 million we still have work to do because we have (laughs) 7 billion of years of this earth so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, <laughs> but literally, what you're saying is you've got a whole, literally, millions of. You have your factor actually by co- we we put up to three actives in the serum. Yeah. Why up to three actives? Because when we make those range, and many doctors come to us and say, "Okay, you can mix the actives, but are they efficient? Are they stable? Are they deliver of the skin?" And of course, uh, we have the same question: if we make a system that is uh, very complex, uh, we should be at least when we give the product to the hands of a doctor to be sure that the actives are stable mm. and compatible. Yes. So we make for the combinations by free, actually, you have 1159 possible combinations. Uh, so all those combinations, we test them for stability. So each of the acts, for example, you put vitamin C, we put the vitamin C with the other actives and we saw after three months, if we have the same percentage of vitamin C. So we make this for all the combinations, hmm. and also we make uh, what we call it. Uh, we use uh, uh, IR specters to check also that each of the ingredient stays stable, so that there is no interaction between the ingredients. Yeah. So uh, it's not like you mix and we do whatever. So already we know that what you mix is stable, 
and is compatible and is also has safety and toxicology assessment for 1159 combinations. This is the reason also it took us so much to bring the product to the market. Mm-hmm. Then uh, we don't need to prove, and this is our strength, if we have to bring stability data for all these combinations for three years, it will never be possible. But as the factor is next to the patient, three months is enough. And we do even better than three months. So uh, this is the, 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 the strength of Universkin. By bringing the factory next to the patient, actually you take a very big industrial handicap and you transform it in the hands of the doctor as a competitive advantage. Yeah. So people, they can have a, a combination for the doctor, but they can find nowhere else. Yes. Yeah. And do you find that um, people will need to get a different formula after a period of time because something's been achieved with their first round of, of product and then things improve or things change and they need to how will patients know when they need to change first yes first of all <coughs> uh, the skin is changing yeah but also there is a safety parameters that makes you uh what is necessary to change the formulas over the time it's like lasers during summer you cannot do lasers uh, some kind of lasers for pigment for example during summer you better not to use uh, high levels of arbutin kojic or retinol so already when you have some cases uh, like pigment or like uh, uh, melasma or uv damages you cannot treat the same way in the winter actually when you have a lot of uh, sun versus when you don't have sun mm. first rule second rule you have to check the priorities of the skin you cannot treat all the conditions at the same time First condition to treat is inflammation. So actually, you have to change your formula all over in relation with the conditions you need to treat. And then, uh, so there is a season, there is the therapeutic indication you want to, to work, and, and then there is uh, the personal. So with time, we are evolving. For example, when you're going to start treat uh, an acne, first thing is to get rid of the redness and the inflammation, the pustula, then you, you take care of the scars, actually. So there is steps by steps and very seasons. And then there is the evolution of a patient's skin. Once you treat everything perfectly, then you can go to a maintenance formula, but you will change the relation with the season. Mm. Yeah. I just wanted to go back to what you were saying about um, when you were formulating the product before it went to market. Did you have to hold human volunteer trials or, uh, you know? No, actually for the 1159 combinations uh, in 57 different concentrations, which bring us to 800 million actually, yeah. we didn't make a, a, a clinical trial for each of the combination. Okay. We are not obliged to do it, and uh, it was uh, impossible to run studies for this. Those actives have very strong clinical evidence. Yes. We use exactly the same active ingredients, the same suppliers with the one that was used on the clinical trials. Okay. And we are sure that the active is compatible, is stable, <laughs> and is uh, sa- safe for the, for the patient. So, uh, but today we have already more than 1 million formula done. Wow, okay. We have uh, more than, let's say, 1,000 before or after from our clinical center, but around 1,000 more coming for doctors abroad. Mm-hmm. And uh, what we are sure is that we are able to reproduce what we saw on the, on the clinical trials uh, on the practice. Okay. Off camera, you were talking about um, the future of diagnosis and perhaps the use of things like artificial intelligence. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah. Sounds very exciting. <laughs> you know, uh, we believe that um, we are in an era of big data mm. and uh, of uh, augmented medicine. I don't believe that uh, artificial intelligence will replace one day of a doctor because it's impossible to, to replace the human relation by a machine. Uh, nevertheless, the doctor can be augmented mm. and uh, can work faster and safer and treat more patients in, in a safely way. So we believe in augmented doctors and uh, how we apply this in university. We apply it like, as you can have der- dermatology, you can make an assessment, a skin assessment, so a derma system of a practice. You can do the same thing at distance through teledermatology that is powered by artificial intelligence. Mm. What I mean artificial intelligence, first of all, is the image analysis that the algorithms can do in a very accurate way. And second is a questionnaire that an algorithm is checking if what the consumer is asking is accurate. Mm. I will give an example. If you say, uh, today you have questionnaires, but uh, they are a little bit basic and let's say stupid because 
you can go and make a, a teledermatology questionnaire. You say, I'm uh, Afro-American and I have blue eyes, I'm blonde and I get uh, sunburns <laughs> and I'm a phototype six. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you will get this as a doctor, the questionnaire, yeah. if it is on paper for exams and look at it and say, there is a problem. And if I check the photo, finally he's uh, either he's a, a, a case that is uh, as I'm calling a unicorn, <laughs> 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 and we have to keep him, clone him, or whatever. Yeah. <coughs> but uh, or if there is a problem, the patient didn't describe something right. Uh, that's it. So uh, this is where you can use artificial intelligence in teledermatology. Actually, what we do is have algorithms. Mm-hmm. First of all, we ask the questions of the right way. So we took uh, a lot of clinical assessment trials. For example, there is a lot of trials on telemedicine where they ask questions to patients. They check different ways of asking the question. And they see after a clinical examination, what was the most accurate questions. You know, the most important when you make a questionnaire is the, 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 the questions and how accurate the questions done or how the consumers understand it. Uh, so actually, it took us a lot of time to go through all these studies and find what is the most accurate questionnaire for skin oiliness, what is the most accurate questionnaire to, for acne rosacea. And then what we do, uh, we check the questions in relation with a medical background, in relation with a phototype, in relation with an ethnic background, and we give to the doctors the, the, the possibility to detect if there is a non-coherence of this answer. So actually, this is the way you're augmented because uh, you don't just check the questionnaire. You have a questionnaire and at the same time, you have a, a, a first assessment and the accuracy of the answer of the patient compared with the image. Mm. So this is how we augment the doctor. Okay, and how will that work practically? Is it on a phone? Is it an app? Actually, it's an app. Uh, in a, it's an HTML5 app, which means you don't need to download any application. Mm-hmm. Every doctor has his own questionnaire on his name. There is no universe can on it. We don't have the right to do it, and we don't want to do it. It's doctor questionnaire. Yeah. But he can share it as a, as a hyperlink by SMS, put it on the social media, uh, and he can even forward by uh, any kind of email, SMS, before the patient is coming over practice, saying, I want to know everything about your skin. Yeah. Uh, and as a benefit of doing this, first of all, I will treat you more accurately. And second, I can even propose you a, a tailored formula just for you. Yes. So when the patient fills the questionnaire, you can do it over practice, you do it from home. Then the doctor has his own dashboard. So actually, everything finished for the patient once he's finished the questionnaire. He doesn't know what's happened after. He knows he filled the questionnaire online for his doctor. Then the doctor has his own platform. He can connect. Uh, everything is uh, GRPD uh, compliant, so which means we... We protect the data as medical data, mm-hmm. and it's data that belongs to the doctor. Um, so the doctor has his own da- pass- uh, dashboard, he's connecting, and he can see the patient uh, data, the diagnostic, the medical background. So actually, it can really help him in many possible ways, not just to make a, a formula with uh, our products. And uh, he can generate a formula automatically, or he can generate a formula manually. Are you saying without even seeing the patient? Uh, actually, he's seeing the patient. This is the interest of teledermatology. Okay. He's able to make a, a, a diagnostic. Uh, for the moment, we don't generate formulas without seeing the patient because all these patients are coming to the practice. So we don't do this because we want to collect enough data uh, in order to make what we call the deep learning. Yes. And see how accurate is the system because once the doctor sees the patient, he can correct uh, he, the diagnostic, he yeah. can interact with the diagnostic, and he can generate the formula alone or uh, automatically. Generate a formula, it's easy to, to be done by artificial intelligence because there are rules in a formula. There are rules. For example, uh, in a patient with a melasma uh, uh, that has a big intensity and also uh, the patient feels a big handicap of his melasma, if it is winter, you can use up to 9% of arbutin and you have to combine with an anti-inflammatory agent. There is formulation, mm-hmm. a prescription, let's say, rules. Mm-hmm. The most difficult is to see how accurate is your diagnostic because you connect the diagnostic with a formulation. Yes. So the formulation, while the diagnostic is done accurately, is, uh, is very, very accurate. Yeah. Okay. 
So is that available now or is that coming? Yes, it's available now. Uh, the doctors, uh, we have a, a pilot of uh, 400 doctors using already what we call it skin access, skin expert software. Yeah. Um, the doctors, actually, one of the ideas of doing this, uh, this uh, soft is to make a university plug and play. Mm. Not only for the doctor, but all the person in the clinic. Yes. So, uh, like, the patient is feeling the questionnaire from his home or the practice. Once he feel it, the doctor he, he just check if the, the the questionnaire was correctly filled. He get if there is non accurate information, he get anomalies, system anomalies. We say yes. So he knows exactly what he needs to check, what is not current. Yeah. It takes less than thirty seconds to check. And then uh, he can generate the formula in less than 0.3 seconds. So actually, the idea is to make formulas uh, very fast in the safest possible way for a practitioner and, of course, for the patient. Uh, so the doctors love it. The patients love it because uh, we see that from a patient psychology, if you see the number of questionnaires in Facebook and Instagram, is everybody loves to candify herself. Yes. And we also see that uh, it's amazing how good, especially female patients, are able to, to describe their skin. In the level of accuracy, <laughs> they're able to, to describe. In the beginning, I was thinking of, you know, a female patient, you will not be able to describe very well the oiliness or the acne. When you ask the right questions, you see that the accuracy of this is very high. So to now, up to now, we have more than... Um, and 25,000 questionnaires filled and validated by doctors. Uh, and we see actually, so now we're doing deep learning to make the system even smarter and make it more accurate. And uh, we're surprised uh, actually but, uh, by, by, by the patients. We are surprised by your patients that they really know how to describe the skin. So yeah. if, uh, any doctors that are out there that are listening that want to get universe skin into their practice how does that work in terms of do they just reach out send an email what's this is there a setup cost how, yes. how would it work so actually um first of all the doctors can go to, go to university.com send us an email and then we will direct the doctor to uh, either a local affiliate either to a local distributor mm -hmm. that has a products uh we have the same uh strategy for all doctors worldwide so uh, a doctor will either he's buy the product in australia either in in uh, in france it will be is we have the same price worldwide yep. yes. and uh, it's very important because we don't have to have a feeling for the doctors that if i buy it on this card it will be cheaper from other countries yeah. so it's, it's the same and the setup package uh, starts from uh, around uh, 5,000 Australian dollars. Mm -hmm. And this includes everything, which means uh, the software platform, the initial trainings of a doctor, all the marketing materials to inform online through Instagram. Actually, we have, we have very, very good in digital marketing. We believe that in aesthetics, digital marketing is key. Yes. So we invest uh, a lot in uh, our Instagram, the Instagram of the doctors, uh, the skin access, the way that they can uh, send the questionnaire, the way they can promote it within their practice and explain this new new option of, uh, of skin treatments. And uh, it includes also the whole factory because we deliver a mini factory actually in the practice. So, um, uh, and the price, the initial setup is uh, 5,000 Australian dollars. So it's okay. about 3,500 euros. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know how much uh, US dollars makes. But. Yeah, it changes all the time. <laughs> and then so they just order as they need from then on, as they need more yes, ingredients. They order what they need. Okay. Um, if they've got like complications or questions or is there like, do you guys still, I guess, hold their hand or is, it, it, is there support, support there for them? Actually, uh, uh, every time we have a, a reaction for products over our questions or very difficult cases, uh, we use Kinexus, it's just enough to serve a case with us. This is very we have this because it's very rich to have a, a platform of thousand practitioners yes. treating different ethnicities. Yes. Uh, so actually we have a database of cases so we can see what other doctors did, but we have also our own team of clinical dermatologists, yeah. uh, which we assist uh, when we have difficult cases or questions. We can answer uh, not within one hour, if it depends on the hour difference, the country, but we answer always within a day. Okay. That's fantastic. It's great. It's good to know that you've got that support out there if you need it. Um, and what would the price be like for the consumer 
roughly? Uh, that's um, <laughs> there is no price for the customer because everything is, is that free. Uh, that's everything is, free. <laughs> no, but I'm trying to say everything is flexible. Yes. So if you have a, a patient with a very good skin quality and he just need the vitamin C or retinol, yeah. then you will put uh, you take the serum base, you put one capsule. So then the product will be around uh, uh, seventy nine Australian dollars, mm -hmm. including the diagnostic of a doctor. If you have a very difficult case. With a melasma, with uh, you need to make a day and night formula because you cannot treat the day what you can yeah. treat the night. You have to put high concentrations; they can go up to three hundred Australian dollars. So it stays quite accessible. I mean, yeah. uh, for a personalized product, yeah. uh, we see other personalized products. Sometimes the price is outraging. Yeah, they sell like uh, the price of a tailor-made dress. So there's again the marketing and the end of the story is not really personalized. Personalized is just the box yeah. uh, with the name of a person and it's the experience. For us, there is real personalization. Yeah. And we, it's, of course, it's, uh, it's, uh, everything has a price because what makes the, the price of the products and more than half of the price of a finished product for the for a patient is uh, the doctor time. Yes. Yeah. And a doctor uh, doesn't have the same cost per minute as a Sephora salesperson. Yeah. So actually more than half of the cost of a product is the doctor time. Yeah. Well, I mean, you think about it, between 80 and $300 every, what was it, eight weeks? It's people, well within the, the market. I can tell some it's people spend cheaper. on a weekend out on no, we, doing all bad things for their skin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, you know, um, average uh, uh, American woman I don't know. I don't have a data about Australia. It's going to be fairly similar. She's, she's yeah. using 16 cosmetic products a day. One yeah. six. If you take makeup, of course, and all this stuff. Yeah. So actually, uh, the budget we, they, they, they can give to the doctor is not a huge budget, yeah. I, we believe. And, uh, you know, the, the, what I said before, all women, and men, by the way, they are over-creamed and hydrated. Yeah. We see, you know, in our own clinical center, sometimes I'm sitting myself and I make consultation with a patient, even if I'm not derm, but I'm sitting next to a derm and I'm looking. And you see women coming with kind of the most expensive products. I will not mention the brands, doesn't make sense. But uh, the most expensive product, they still have cuperosis, they still have acne, they still mm -hmm. have melasma. <laughs> so actually they are over-creamed and under-treated. Yeah. Why? Because if you want to get results, you need a coach. If you change your diet every week, and you make Pilates the first week, power yoga the first week, uh, CrossFit the first week, most probably you're not going to lose kilo, you're going to damage your, your body. Yeah. So uh, this is a problem in skincare. No patient is consistent. They will buy one thing for the practice, then we will see one thing in Sephora, then we will see one friend say, I try this, it's so great. <laughs> and and finally, you, you open uh, the closet, the cosmetic closet of, of, of a female, and you see, uh, I don't know how many products, half of them have expired, they're, they're collecting uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, creams, jars, and they are over-creamed and under-treated. Yeah. So f they, they, they need a coach. And this is very important when you go to a practice, you have to sit with your patient and you see what's going to do every two months, every six months, and what would be the daily skin treatment. Yeah. And you need to explain to your patient if you want to have good results, Sometimes you need to be a little bit military and say to him, you need to have a screen to daily, you need to stay consistent. Yeah. If you don't stay consistent, don't do it. Forget it, yeah. How, one last question for me before I, um, was how does this work with skin uh, sun protection? Because I know that um, that's a big thing, especially in Australia. Um, it, it, it do, you have, do you have sunscreen elements in this? Is this something, or is this something they use no, in addition to? No, something we use separate. Right. Actually, uh, <coughs> for us, uh, we clean the skin, we treat the skin with the serums, mm -hmm. then we moisturize if necessary to add an additional layer. If it is necessary, only skin doesn't need to moisturize additionally. And then you protect with the sunscreen. Okay. Those are the essential steps. We don't have six steps or eight steps or 12 steps. It's the essential steps of uh, any good skincare routine. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, we, uh, so the sunscreen is the last layer. We have worked on two levels uh, on the sunscreens. Uh, first of all, we formulate only with inorganic sunscreens and not organic for many reasons. Uh, one of the main reasons also is the protection from infrared blue light. Mm -hmm. We are inorganic sunscreens, which means zinc oxide, titanium oxide has a better protection. So physical blockers. 
Uh, yes, they call them physical, but yeah. actually uh, it's not really physical. Zinc oxide, titanium oxide absorb right. also part of the light. Yeah. It's not only reflecting. Okay. If you want to go really on deep size, because everybody say, oh, it's like a mirror I put on my skin, actually we also absorb. Uh, the right way to, to precisely is organic or inorganic. Even organic is misleading because consumer might believe that it's bio, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> organic is coming from chemistry, actually. Yes. Um, so actually we have work in creating three sunscreens. The first is uh, an SPF 30, but it's a moisturizer mainly that can be used day or night, even if it's be a little bit surprising for you, because we see that most of the melasma, we have resistance of the treatment and we use sunscreen. Uh, when we work on the night with a sunscreen, then we start having results. Mm. And the final is a blue light uh, that has a very big impact on melanogenesis. So you are very good treating your patient, he's using sunblock, you use the right formulation and still low results. And from our clinical experience, we put uh, an SPF 30 in the night, uh, inorganic or physical, as you say, and bingo, you start uh, working with the melasma. So actually, blue light has, a, has, a, has an effect, and this is a very light texture, like a moisturizing cream. So you can apply it in the night. If not, it's very difficult to apply it in <laughs> the night. Then we have a zinc-only sunscreen. This is an SPF 50 UVA, UVB. Why zinc? Because we want our sunscreen to be functional. Also, zinc is anti-inflammatory and is also antiseptic. So, for post-treatment, could be the best mm. sunscreen. So, uh, this is very it was quite difficult, but we formulated the product with 25% zinc oxide uh, with a very good texture, no white casting. And, uh, and then we have a, a powder sunscreen, again, SPF 50, UVA, UVB, because the biggest problem with sunscreen is that people don't renew every two hours. Yes. Once they, especially the female, once they put the makeup, they will not take the makeup after two hours to be applied to sunscreen. Where the powder sunscreen has a, like a touch-up, sun touch-up, has a, a really benefit uh, to do. So actually we have very simple range, one moisturizer SPF, one SPF 50 zinc only based, and one powder SPF for the touch-up every two hours. Fantastic. Well, I think we've asked everything that we wanted to. <laughs> um, how does a consumer or a doctor get in touch with Universe Skin through the social media? Uh, we are in Instagram, uh, Universe Skin Official, Facebook. So uh, it's just enough to connect with us and send us a, a message. And normally we reply always within 24 hours, even earlier. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time, Harry. We I thank you for the invitation. Bon voyage. Merci beaucoup. Thanks today. for the great quality of, of the questions. Uh, I think, it's, uh, uh, as we said before, the most important is to ask the right questions. Yeah, absolutely. We'll have a safe flight back home. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. For our latest news, upcoming episode information and mini video clips of our guests, you can follow us on Instagram at inside underscore aesthetics. We've also just started a YouTube channel called Inside Aesthetics and we'll be uploading more content and longer videos in the future.